There's the Middle Moon Podcast, episode 69. This is host Ochiaki. So I got this email from Bob Nalbandian from the Shockwave Skull Sessions and that uh, goes something like this. So, Kanbai Chinchin Chayo, Tsukare Chan, Tikbai, Kyomo, Tanoshiku, Itta, Mimashio, Kaneta. So, Bob Nalbandian, man, he hosts the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast. It's a discussion style podcast that only he can do because he's been in the business and he knows everybody, left and right, yo, in the Pinkman style. So, like, you sent me an email saying, dude, I have so many, like, interviews from, like, a couple months ago that I just don't have time to put on my podcast. So, I have one from Terry Ellis, XYZ, Great White, and, uh... I know the Metal Moment Podcast uh, listeners will love it, so you want to air it? I'm like, yeah, sure, man, but why? He's like, dude, I'm so overwhelmed right now with the work that I have. And he's like, hey, dude, Bob, tell me what's going on. He's like, dude, I was asked to work on this project. It's called L.A. Metal Documentary. And it's like Inside Metal is the title. And they approached me, and they're like, man, like you are one of the only guys that can bypass the publicist and go direct with the artist and we want you to be a part of it so I was like yeah sure dude what do you want me to do and uh, they're like we want you to write it we want you to direct it we want you to put it together and it's like dude you want me Bob Nalbandian to work on this he goes oh yeah man you are the man so I'm like alright cool dude so that being said man I have like 50 hours worth of footages now and we're supposed to make three different like parts Part one is going to be early years of the L.A. hard rock and metal scene. That's 1975 to 1981. The second one's going to cover from 1982 to 1986. And that's when, like, the Rats, the Motleys, the uh, Wasp, Black and Blue, Armored Saints exploded. And the third one is going to be L.A. thrash metal. All right. So, like, I got to tell you, man, each of these have to be cut down in 90 minutes. I'm just like, all oh, this editing is just blowing my mind right now. But it's like. I'm totally happy to do this because think of all the other LA metal documentaries that came up in the past. Like, I wanted to do Metal Right because, like, all those other documentaries in the past just portrayed the LA metal scene in, like, a stupid negative way. And it's like, this one, Inside Metal, is going to basically, we're going to tell the unsold stories about the real LA metal and the hard rock music told by the musicians, the music business insiders, and the, the scenesters, yo. And, uh, so I'm working on the part one right now. Nobody else knows. Let me just tell you. We have Lars, man. We have Carlos Cabazzo from Snow, Quite Right, and now currently in Rat. Brian O'Brien from Alucard. We have Jack Russell, Great White, of course, and he was in a fantastic band called Dante Fox back in the early days, man, before you guys were born. We have David Foster from one of the original promoters from the Starwood. Greg Leon from the Greg Leon Invasion with Joy Vera from Armored Stain, also in a band with Tommy Lee back in the days, and I bet you didn't know that, right? So, Bernie Kay from one of the most underrated bands in LA called Sound Barrier, a band called Smile, and the vocalist, Scotty Waller, and that's the man that David Lee Roth took after, with Kevin Ostrada, the photographer, John Hyde and Michael DeBar from Detective, and they talked about like Led Zeppelin all night long, baby. And uh, John Schlegel, Steve Plunkett from Autograph and Wolfgang, uh, Frank Domino from Angel, Kelly Gami, the original Quiet Rise bassist, and he talked about growing up with Randy Rhodes. And obviously, we have uh, Don Dockin and John Sutherland. Trying to cram all this in 90 minutes, and you try it, man. I am up all day, all night, partying all night, partying all day. So, 
So here I give you an interview conducted by my buddy, Carl Alvarez, uh, talking to Terry Ellis. Ooh. I like to call it like that, you know. Now you kind of touched a little bit on the process of recording a record, writing it, right. getting a good feel of what you have there with kind of the close-knit people that you kind of, you know, that would you would have a good opinion with. Uh, you know, with XYZ and kind of the, how that process was and, and the process here with Great White and recording, kind of give us a, a kind of a parallel between those times and now in terms of maybe the recording process and the writing process and, and maybe the time definition too of, sure. of how records were made then versus how they were made now, how they were promoted then and how they're promoted now. Kind of give us a kind of a kind of a parallel between those sure. those worlds that would that would be cool i think uh back in the days when we first did uh, the xyz album uh we had plenty of time to to uh, to to write the album because basically nobody wanted to sign xyz no one so we we went from from label to label and uh, everybody was said no 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 so we had plenty of time to write the songs believe me um and then eventually we got signed to uh Enigma Records, mm -hmm. and uh, we were blessed, and uh, we released the first album, did very well. And, and Don uh, Dawkin produced that, correct? The the very first record? Yeah, well, Don Dawkin, uh, yeah, he uh, he produced it, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, never, uh, I never liked his production, by the way. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he produced it, yeah. Okay. Uh, he and I didn't see eye to eye as far as the production. Right. Um, although I respect uh, his talent, and, and he's a tremendous, uh, tremendous, uh, he's a very talented person. Uh, I didn't see, uh, I didn't see it his way, put it this way. Oh, um, so I was uh, anxious to, to, to wait for the second album to, to come along gotcha. and, and give it my own touch. And uh, we uh, invited um, uh, George Tucker, who, by the way, should have been, uh, should have been the one to produce the first album. But right. And the label said, no, 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 we want to be named, you know. But anyway, long story short, George um, Sabko produced the second album, and I liked the fact that it was a bit uh, more bluesy and more uh, uh, earthy sounding. We didn't have the big production and everything, and I liked that better. Um, I think nowadays, to answer your question, Carl, nowadays things have changed when it comes to uh, recording an album. Um, it's much, it, it costs less money to to be honest with you, back in the days, uh, labels would give you, um, uh, I mean, if you were, uh, of course, if you were the flavor of the month, if you were signed to a good label, uh, a label would give you, you know, up to $500,000 to, to record an album. I remember uh, the first album cost us uh, $250,000 uh, back then in 1989. That's a lot of money, you know. Yeah. Uh, the second album, a little bit more than that. So nowadays you can do uh, a great album for, Twenty thousand dollars, twenty twenty five thousand dollars. You know, all you need is a uh, uh, pro tools and, and and or logic or whatever you want to use, and and that's it. And uh, you can do your own the production. The difference is the marketing. Uh, back then, the labels uh, were like a big machine. You know, uh, Capitol Records, uh, all these labels were like machines. They had like the big. Uh, 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 what do you call that? The PR person behind uh, yeah. behind the product and everything. Nowadays, you, you know, you, people record an album. It's really easy to record an album. What's difficult is to actually um, promote an album, <clears throat> and people don't understand that. Uh, the easy part is to to record an album. Yeah. All you need is Pro Tools and or Logic or Cubase, whatever. Yeah. After that, 
comes the hard part, which is how are you going to market market your 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 product? And uh, and nowadays uh, you have a lot of tools. You have YouTube. You have uh, Facebook. Blah blah blah. But it, but is it enough? Yes and no. I mean, you you really somehow you need to invest a bit more than just oh I'm just going to put it out there and see what's going to happen. I mean, you can be lucky, but most of the time you you need to almost be your own little racket company. Uh, and and I've done that in the past. I have produced albums and I've released things, and you need to to hire your own PR firm mm -hmm. to do to produce your album to do marketing for you. You need to. Uh, you need to be very visible on Facebook and, and Twitter and all that stuff. And you need to do that. Uh, if you think you're just going to release an album and that's it, like most people tend to believe, I think uh, it's a big mistake, people making a big mistake. So nowadays, yes, you can be more visible, but um, people have to realize that they have to do their homework. And also, back then, they, I hope my answer is not too long, by the no, way. Right. Uh, I apologize for that. <laughs> that's all right. But back then, you know, you had, uh, you know, you had all the magazines like uh, 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 Metal Edge and, and uh, Faces, I don't know if you yeah. remember all that stuff, but Metal Edge and um, uh, Hit Parader and uh, Circus, yeah. Kerrang, you know, all that stuff. So you were somehow, uh, people, uh, uh, your, your PR firm was creating some kind of rock star somehow in yeah. the eyes of people because you were, you were part of the press, you were, you your picture was in the cover of magazine and stuff like that yeah. nowadays you you know youtube when you on you, you get like a little page somewhere on facebook and mm -hmm. today and tomorrow uh, it's gonna be somebody else so i, I always say uh, here today gone today it's basically <laughs> it so i guess as uh, yeah, back in the days i mean if you think about it, like bands like kiss and motley crew and all these queen those wonderful bands you know they were there, and guess what? 30 years later, they're still touring and making tons of money out of the bands that we see today. Most of them will be here today and be gone by the end of the uh, the afternoon, sure. which is kind of sad, because actually, there are a lot of great, talented bands out there, you know? No, it's amazing that for, for, for yourself, that you've found your niche, and as well as finding kind of the form and the platform to really kind of do your music and actually be a, a person who has the talent to actually go out on the road and endure right. what goes right. into performing in front of people night after night. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about how that is in, in terms of also going around the world to entertain people and what, what places have you kind of grown to love when, once you've kind of <laughs> seen and been there and, and performed for people with Great White? You know, I'm going to tell you something, Carl. It all comes down to one thing. You have to love what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. You have to love it. You can be, a, you can be, a, a, I don't know, a butcher. You can be a news, a, an anchor. You can be a singer. You can be whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. You have to love it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't love it, the crowd, your friends will feel that. It's like being in a, in a, in a marriage, in a relationship, a relationship with someone. You know, if your partner is going to feel that you don't like, you don't like to be there anymore, mm -hmm. guess what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, the marriage is going to go down. You know, basically, it's the same for a band. Basically, the crowd's going to say, hey, man, he sucked tonight, you know? He's not into it. He's always saying the same thing every night. Good evening, Cleveland, you know? And doesn't <laughs> care, doesn't have the emotion anymore. I think you need to go on stage and and... And feel it. I always go on stage, and I, I don't want to 
be some kind of a somber kind of person, some kind of sad person. But I was going on stage thinking this could be my last night. Mm. And and that's what I, I believe. I always go on stage um, a little bit sad, but also very excited and said, well, tonight could be my last night. Yeah. So I go on stage and give it 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm sick, even if I don't like the venue, if I don't like, uh, if I haven't had no sleep at all, yeah. I go on stage and said, all right, Terry, let's do it. And then, uh, you know, sometimes the monitors, sometimes the sound is no good, sometimes it doesn't matter. You always smile, you're professional, and uh, even if you want to tell uh, people, fuck off, you don't tell them fuck off. You just smile and say, wow, what a great venue, what a great... You're not being hypocrite. You're just being professional. It's very different, you know. Terry, let's talk about um, kind of what's going to be happening in the next um, coming spring and, and summer. What, what are the plans for Great White? I know you guys are doing the Monsters of Rock cruise that's coming yeah. up here in March. Gearing up yeah. for that, there should be a lot of uh, similar uh, groups that you've either toured with or come yeah. come across. And so it's going to be kind of like a big frat party of, of rock and roll there for you. <laughs> you can more, say that again. Uh, except nowadays... Uh, most of the bands, actually, back in the days, everybody would be uh, partying backstage, doing coke and drinking and talking groupies and everything. And nowadays, everybody's, I mean, at least for my, uh, at least for my, I can talk, about, you know, I can talk for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, back nowadays, would be just, uh, I'd be talking to band members from, from other bands, without other big bands, where I'm not going to name them, but all we talk about is, Kids and yeah, actually Tesla, for example, I'm good friends with from Tesla. We talk about kids, you know. We talk about the life in general, wives and 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 uh, you know how is life in Tennessee? How is life? How is he raising your kids and stuff? It's just actually very nonchalant. It's just like uh, instead of back in the days, everybody would talk about, oh man, do you know this rehab place? Uh, <laughs> I did this and I did that. Uh, everybody would be drinking and things. Nowadays, we're 20 years older and and we see things differently. We we are, I think we're wiser and maybe slower, I'm not sure, yeah. <laughs> older, not as good looking, but uh, we we have, um, we, you know, we see, we, I think we, we want to be uh, musicians nowadays, I think, I think for myself, I want to be a, a musician, I, I have no intentions in being a rock star, yeah. or at least playing the rock star, I'm not interested in doing that, yeah. so uh, the cruise is just the one way to to meet some wonderful artists and um, to realize that, my God, those guys are so talented. I mean, seriously, there's some great singers out there, great artists. So it's, uh, you, when you see all those guys, you get really humble, believe me, you, you don't get pretentious, you know. And uh, it's a great challenge and it's also a great way to, uh, to see your friends again and, uh, and say, hey, you know, let's not drink because we don't drink no more, but uh, let's have a lemonade. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and as far as the, the summer for Great White, we have lots, lots, lots of dates. Big dates, uh, big concerts uh, uh, with White Snake, uh, Aerospeed Wagon. Um, I mean, uh, we have so many dates are coming every day. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, but it's good. It's good. Um, that means people like us. Um, we don't do we don't do clubs, and I'm not trying. You know, it's the truth. We rarely do clubs. Uh, mostly do big festivals and casinos and yeah. and, uh, and and big uh, events, which is a blessing. Yeah. You know, a blessing. You know. And you know. now you have the uh, the live record that's coming out through Frontiers that they're putting out as well. Um, right. And kind of tell us a little bit about that. That's kind of a thirtieth anniversary uh, 
kickoff, more or less, of the band's history. Sure. So, um, we that, recorded, uh, you know, Carl, we recorded the album at uh, last year um, at the Key Club. Oh. It was a, it was like a live event. We just went, uh, we played live. And uh, I have to be honest with you, I have never uh, listened to the tracks. I mean, I recorded the tracks live, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't even have a copy of the album yet. I'm, I'm sure it's a, I hope it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it is, or you know, I cannot say anything, but uh, we just gave the tracks to, uh, to Frontiers, and that was it. You know, and uh, they are, um, the album's coming out, uh, I believe, next week, and uh, hopefully people will like it. Um, it was a, a great thing to record the album at the Key Club because uh, we all played the Key Club, which, uh, by the way, used to be called Gazaris. I don't know if you're from, are you from Los Angeles? Yes, yes, I remember that very well, Gazaris. Remember, uh, remember Gazaris and, and all that stuff, you know, oh, back yeah. in the days. I mean, were you around back in the days when they had all the uh, the, the Sunset Strip and yes. the flyers? I actually, you know? I, I met you at the Extreme Party for Pornography. It was at oh, the wow. Spice Club, uh, nineteen ninety, I believe. It was in August, I remember. And wow, uh, dude, you got a good memory. I mean, uh, <laughs> Sebastian wow. Bach was there, and quite a few people. So you know, that was kind of the culmination of kind of what Los Angeles was about in terms of you know. Yeah, you know, if you, if you no, no, I'm glad you, 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 I'm glad you told me that because you remember back in the days, the Sunset Strip was something uh, pretty extraordinary. You know, mm-hmm. remember the days when. Musicians used to be there on Sunset Strip, passing out flyers, talking to uh, to the to the, the groupies, trying to convince people to come to their shows. Remember that? I mean, oh, yeah. it was a uh, quite phenomenal. Now you don't have that anymore. You don't have that sense of uh, community anymore. Yeah. It's just basically uh, you go to a club and there's no uh, there is no there's nothing. You know, you go on the Sunset Strip and you can't even there's nothing. The clubs are pretty much dead, I would say, and uh, the strip is completely dead, you know. Uh, so we wanted to do a live album at the Key Club to, to, to realize that 30 years ago, Great White was there. I, I was in, the, you know, in, in Los Angeles 30 years ago, but Great White was in Los Angeles 30 years ago and, uh, and started their, their career on, uh, I believe they started, their, they got signed, I believe. Uh, they went to, what did they get signed at? Um, was that the Troubadour? Uh, the, yeah, the Troubadour, yeah, that's right, that's right, they got signed, yeah, they, 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 the big, there's a big concert, two sold out nights in a row, yeah, and they, they played there, I never, you know, funny enough, let me tell you something, funny enough, I also got signed at the Troubadour. Oh, wow, okay. Now, now that I think about it, oh my God, I never thought about it, and yes, it's true, actually, we were looking for a record deal, we couldn't get one, we couldn't find one, XYZ, of course, and we decided to do a... Uh, a little night, at the, you know, there was like a Monday night, something, a showcase or something for, I don't know what, and somebody didn't show up. So um, they called us and said, hey, do you want to do a couple of songs on stage? And we went there and said, yeah, let's do the new song Inside Out. Mm-hmm. We went on stage, we played Inside Out, I remember very well. Mm-hmm. And that night, uh, somebody from Enigma Records was there, mm-hmm. and uh, the next day we got a phone call. Mm-hmm. That's pretty ironic if you think about it. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, but well, you know, there's a lot of irony. You know, I have to tell you something. Great White and I have a strange connection, and 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 it's something I, I want to share with you. I, I don't know if you want to, if you're interested in knowing that, but it's so. I, you know, I have a fascination for for the shark itself, the Great White Shark. A huge fascination, fascination. Like a lot of people, of course, but it's a, it's a huge fascination for the for the for the shark, and. Um, a true story, back in 2010, when I was in San Diego, okay, 
I was in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. It was in August 2010, and I can tell you that is August 13th or 12th or something like that. Um, I was in San Diego, La Jolla, and uh, I went, I was, the first day I arrived uh, on vacation, and um, I went to the beach, and we couldn't swim because they had a, 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 a shark alert. They said, no, no swimming, there's a great white shark swimming around here. No kidding, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh man, my luck. But then I was also thinking, wow, maybe I can see something, you know? So I'm, of course, like a, like a dummy, I'm looking for, I'm, in the, I'm not in the water, of course. I'm looking around, and maybe I can see a great white shark. Wow, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't see anything. But a few minutes, a few minutes later, I had my phone in my hand, and that's a true story, you know? Uh, my, my wife can tell you that. I was actually, I, hold, I was holding my, my phone, and I received a text message. It says, and the name, the ID said, uh, 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 Kendall Great White. Mm, interesting. So I'm looking at the text ID, I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's pretty weird. But I don't answer right away. And then I get another one from Lordy, Michael Lordy. Right. Lord, because we knew each other. Lordy, uh, Great White Lordy. I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's amazing. And here I am looking for a shark. <laughs> I get two sharks calling me, sending me a text message, asking me if I want to come on stage. And they said, hey, man, Kendall always polite. says, hey, Terry, hey, dude. He's, you know, he's from Huntington, you know, he's from California. He's like, hey, dude. Like, yeah, man, what's going on? He's like, um, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on vacation with my, my wife and my kid. You know, he's like, oh, cool, man. Hey, uh, I want to find out if you'd like to come and do a couple of shows with us. Uh, Jack is sick, unfortunately. And uh, and uh, just do a few shows. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. When? Tomorrow. See you tomorrow. <laughs> there, <you go. laughs> there goes the vacation. On, now you're on the vacation yeah, on rock and roll. I left, my wife, I left my wife and my kid. I looked at my wife. I'm like, what, what should I do? My wife said, just go. Yeah. I said, but I don't know the songs. Just fake it, you know, be just fine, you know. <laughs> so that's what sure. happened. <laughs> that's that's a great story, Terry. That's a, that's pretty awesome. We appreciate your time with us, Terry. Thanks. And Thanks. Uh, yeah, good luck with this uh, with this uh, next couple months here and uh, going forward. Thank you very much, Noah. Yeah, yeah, it was a pleasure talking to talking with you, and uh, I hope we have uh, hope we can meet some days uh, again. Of course, uh, we met uh, you say twenty years ago, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, unfortunately. I remember the evening, by the way. It was a great evening. That was a killer uh, party, I remember. That was a lot of fun. Herb Albert I mean, got uh, up there, too, which was great. I remember, yeah. Uh, I was, uh, it was quite entertaining, and the band was amazing. And, uh, you know, great. Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. So very good, Terry. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much as well. Take care of yourself. Okay, you Bye-bye. too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. So that was Carl Alvarez, man, talking with Terry Ellis of XYZ and the current great white vocalist. I mean, I think it was fantastic because a lot of interviews, man, people just talk about it. So how did you record your new album, you know, and all that BS? But, like, they just talked about, like, the difference, like, how recording was back then and how it is now. The difference in, like, the PR, the marketing, the social networking, and everything, man. So I think it was pretty educational, right? So... Thank you very much, Bob Nalbanian, for sending over the fantastic interview. Carl Alvarez, thank you very much for conducting the interview. And uh, I thank everybody for tuning in to the Metamorph Podcast with host Chiaki. Let me take a real quick sip. All right, Bound, beer of the moment, baby. And uh, right now in the background, we're playing a tune from Great White's new album, I've Got Something For You. And uh, you can check out Terry 
But uh, instead of going through, you know, visit www. Uh, screw that nowadays, man. All you have to say is, man, for Bob Nalbandian, just go to Google and Google his name, Bob Nalbandian, and also Google Inside Metal, LA Metal Documentary, and you can check out and, you know, just go to Facebook and whatever, and you know how to find it. And obviously, Metal Moment, just Google Metal Moment, and hopefully, I'm the first one to show up. Um, Find my email. Just go to memo. Ooh, quick sip again. Kanpai chin chin chayo Japanese metalhead style. David Lee Ross style. Alright, so then just go to metalmoment.com and you will find everything Metal Moment. So thank you again and let's just uh, one, two, three, four. Great white. I've got something for you. Alright, right, so talk to you next time. Baby